Hello and welcome to another episode of Don't Shit on the Bus. I'm your host, Adam Omakias, tuning in all the way from Los Angeles, California, for episode number 79, featuring my new friend, Angie Warner. Thank you, Angie, for joining me on the podcast this week. I just met you last week through Mike Finn, who was our guest last week. And he was like, yo, you got to get Angie on. I hit Angie up. And I could tell that she toured and she's been doing it for a while because it took us all of three minutes to schedule a podcast. And then she was perfectly on time and we crushed it. And that's how you know somebody works in the music industry. Because sometimes people will hit you up and they'll be like, oh, yeah, you got it. what time? All right, cool. Let me check my calendar. Let me get back to all these things. Nah, had a time, did the podcast, and it was awesome. So thank you, Angie. Angie is definitely a very accomplished individual in the music industry. She's only been working in it for 22 years, which is a long time, but it's also kind of a short time when you look at how much she's accomplished in that short amount of time. She's tour managed some crazy artists. She gave me like, I usually ask people from some artists they, they work with, you know, maybe some of the more recent or the bigger ones. And she's just like, Guns N' Roses, Jay-Z, Imagine Dragons. It's like, all right, I don't have enough room for all this, but that's sick. So on this podcast, we mostly talked about her most recent work with Post Malone and BTS, which was very interesting because you've got a single artist and then an artist that's seven different artists. And there was a lot that comes up and there was a lot of just new information there. And I loved her stories. So hoping to have Angie back sometime to tell more stories because I like when people tell me things that I wouldn't even know to ask. And, and she definitely did that. So thank you, Angie. With that being said, a quick note to Angie, if you're listening, I forgot to tell you, but I do play Magic the Gathering. I really like it. If you ever need a consultant, I know Post plays it. If you ever need a consultant, from Magic the Gathering on what the hell is he trying to do? Why are we doing this? Something doesn't make sense that you're scheduling? I'll help you out. I love that game way too much. Anyway, thank you so much to our weekly contributors via Patreon for supporting the podcast. I appreciate you. Connor appreciates you. Eva appreciates you. We've got weekly articles coming out, written and published, taken care of by Eva. So check those out on don'tshitonthebus.com. And then of course, this podcast is edited I'm a good friend, Connor. All I do are the interviews. All the hard work is up to talented individuals. So we've got some good people on our side. Thank you, guys. Welcome, Angie. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy Friday before Memorial Day. Happy Friday before Memorial Day. Friday is a good day for a podcast. Good. I think so, too. I forget what guest told me that, but I was like, that makes sense. Yeah, end of the week, kind of have a conversation. You don't have a whole work week ahead of you. You completed the week. Are we allowed to curse? Yeah. 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 You got a lot of shit to get out. <laughs> yeah, you got a, a lot of shit to get Podcast is a great place to get a lot of shit out. Yeah. Yeah. And hello, what's your dog's name? Stony Blue. He's oh, what's the up, Stony? He's uh, probably barking at somebody, but yeah. You know, it's all good. Come by. He always comes by for every visit for every podcast. So you will, well, actually, we'll hear him. I'll send you a photo. Yeah. 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 No. And it's all good because. We're a pretty relaxed podcast, and I think people appreciate that others have dogs, so it's never yeah. like, turn that dog off. He's a tour um, dog, too. He was supposed oh, really? to be a tour dog, so he will. He has done a lot of festivals with us um, between Post and BTS, and um, will be on the tour bus starting September. Does he have his own laminate? He actually does. They're like this. They're like, you know, two inches big. They're super That's cute. awesome. Yeah. I think Mike, Mike Finn is who connected us, and I think mm -hmm. he showed me his dog has a laminate, too. So mm -hmm. I don't know if that was inspired by one or the other, or if it's just an industry standard thing that dogs get laminates, but I like it. They do make them. When you order them, you can actually ask for dog laminates. Oh, wow. Yeah. His say head of security on the back of it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, to Tofu and Stoney are really good park buddy friends. Like oh, really? Hang out. Mm -hmm. Are you guys both in Nashville? We are. There's this amazing um, Mark Oglesby, who tour manages Kane Brown, started this group chat. We've had to move it to WhatsApp because it's gotten so big and it's all Nashville based tour managers. Mm. Everybody like we, none of us have, a lot of us haven't met yet, but we all know each other through this chat and we share information. Hey, does somebody have a contact here? And you start seeing everybody reply, or do you know somebody here or, or a doctor here or this or that? And we share information. And then we joke around in the middle of it all and give people yeah, a yeah. lot of shit, but it's the greatest thing because over COVID, I didn't get to meet a lot of people, but I did through the chat, which you would never do that in LA. It's like a whole different vibe here. LA, everyone holds stuff to your chest, you know? What do you think, uh, what do you think the difference is and why do you think people do that in LA? 
I think LA, that's just the energy. It's yeah. you, you meet people in LA and it's, hi, who are you? And, and how can you help me? Yeah. Or how can I align myself with you to get something that I need for myself? Whereas here it's like, Hey, welcome to Nashville. Like, what do you need? What can we help you with? You settled, yeah. you got, you know, people and people here don't automatically try to align you with what you do for a living. Yeah. So there's a guy that I met at the dog park and we walk our dogs in the morning and somebody, another mutual friend had said, Hey, you need to meet Kit Brown's tour manager, be Kit, Kit Moore's tour manager, because, you know, he kind of lives in your neighborhood. It turned out to be the guy that I walk with at the park every morning. <laughs> and I was like, you were just drawn oh, together. We just know each other by our dog's names. We didn't yeah. have a need to talk about what we did for a living. It's great. It's been a nice change. Yeah. It sounds like it's more like, who are you first rather than yeah. what do you do? And I, I you know, yeah. I would, I would put that in the category of, I think that Nashville, in my opinion, that's the correct way to quote unquote network. And then LA yeah. would be like kind of doing it the wrong way. In yeah, my opinion. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a good energy. It's there's space. You yeah. can breathe here. It's green outside my window. It's just green. Nye, we need yeah. to move to Nashville. I'm just kidding. Where are <laughs> I'm you? I'm in LA. I'm in LA, but I've only I was in San Diego for ten years while I was touring mostly, and then I'm in LA because my girlfriend works in Burbank, so we moved very close to her office. Got it. Um, Got it. But yeah, we're out here, but you know, try to be around music people, and you know, I call it protecting my energy. I kind of yeah. have to do that a lot here. I don't go yeah. out very often. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you found um, people that you can just exist without having to worry about yeah. how they're valuing you. And it's yeah. great that the dog is the connecting factor. It is. I, I'm <laughs> much happier being Stoney's mom than I am. Oh, you work for Post Malone. Like, yeah, but <laughs> and I even yell at my mother. My mom's in a nursing home and I'm always saying, mom, stop telling people because that's all they want to talk about. Like, yeah, yeah. value the fact that I'm just your daughter. And she just yeah, doesn't, yeah. she just thinks it's cool. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's all I talk about. I don't want to talk about it, but it's fun. Yeah. Especially for somebody who's not in the industry. They're like, you know, yeah. Hey, this is what my daughter does. Same with my dad. Yeah. Like I'm a photographer. And if somebody ever asks me to like take a photo on their iPhone, he has to tell them like, oh, did you know my son is a photographer? I'm like, dad, come on, let's just let it, just yeah. let it roll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. So you should take my headshot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I got you. I'll come to Nashville. Okay. I'll move to Nashville. I'll meet move you at the dog Nashville. park. And we'll and do it with shots. a green, yeah, with the dog and a green background. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, well, then I really appreciate you coming on here talking about what you do. And we like to focus on like how people do it and everything. So I'm really interested in learning from you. And, but, you know, I feel like on the thumbnail now for the podcast, I just want to write Stoney's mom. I don't even want to write tour managers, right? You know, <laughs> the, the job. And he should. Stoney's yeah. mom. That's it. There we go. Yeah, no, to... that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Sorry, what were we going to say? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, we like both like, cut each other. Yeah, we're like we too polite. Segue. How do we yeah. segue there? <laughs> oh, I got segues on lock. Okay. I have um, I have everything written out because it helps me get, gather it. But, you know, I did a little bit of research on you and I usually like to start with how, well, usually I start with how I know people, but we this is our first time meeting. We're just going into yeah. it. Yep. And um, I did a little bit of research and I like to figure out how people entered the industry because I think that's like a very difficult part of this industry. And that's the hardest part. You were a runner. I was a runner. I was. That's cool. But before that, to yeah, yeah. to kind of go backwards, I I did a lot of stuff in Asbury Park for local bands. And okay. by, at that time, social media Jersey, didn't right? exist. Yes, Jersey. I grew up in Jersey. My mom was a singer. So I was around oh, cool. band rehearsals as a child from like two years up. So, okay. you know, in the 70s, she was a lounge singer. And I always used to joke she was a lounge singer at all the uh, mafia bars because that's basically what it was. So. I was always around music, but when I got into college, I worked on the student union board, student activities board at Lehigh okay. University. So we booked all the entertainment, did contracts, oh, did cool. production. I ran a DJ, like a portable DJ system. So I was around it there. And then from there, went to work for a booking agency in Charlotte out of college. And um, mind you, I didn't get my degree because I told my parents I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I was going to be in the industry. So then they finally went, okay, whatever, go yeah, try yeah. it out. Try joining the circus. Yeah. So from the <laughs> joining booking agency, <laughs> joining the circus. I love so that. segue to the booking agency and then into owning my own booking agency. And at that oh, cool. time, cover bands were really big, huge. And in the Southeast cover bands were massive. And that was around the time, Hootie and the Blowfish, Sister Hazel, Craven Melon, um, Jupiter Coyote, Edwin McCain, that whole realm of Edwin Southeast. McCain. Yeah, me too. 
I got drunk with him once at a bar and never forgot that night. Oh, yeah. Back then was Good fun. experience? Good experience. Really fun. Love to hear um, it. <laughs> so I was booking side stage bands and yeah. literally the girl, Janine Edwards, who was the production coordinator at the venue, um, the amphitheater there, I was working with her and she just one day said, Hey, do you want to come work backstage? I need, I need help. And I said, sure. And that was, that was it. I worked. That was how the, you entered. That was it. That was it. And I did that job. It was the further festival. If you remember that. I don't. What year are we in? Can you put me in a year oh, just so God. I can like. 96, 1996. Okay. okay. Probably the year you were born, maybe. In- I'm 89. <laughs> okay. I'll take it as a compliment. Okay. So it was like 96 and the further festival was. Bob Weir, Ziggy Marley. It was kind of like this hippie fest. It was really cool. Yeah. And I sat on the tour bus that was the Grateful Dead management team. They were running this. And Mo Morrison was the production manager, just a legend. And I was doing VIP ticketing. So I was watching Bob Weir, uh, Bruce Hornsby, all these people walk around. And I was like, this is really cool. This is what I want to do. I closed my booking agency down and became a runner. So I was, oh my God. And then had to like work three jobs because you get paid shit, you know? Wait, how, how, I want to know more about that feeling, that (sighs) feeling you're feeling when you saw it, because I feel like that's when you, like you, like most people don't know about the music industry. You knew about it. I knew about it. How'd you feel this? What, what feeling did you feel when you're like, I got to be a runner? It was the excitement. It was, you know, you're in a booking agency. You're, you're, it's a thankless job. You're in an office by yourself and you're getting rejections or you're booking and you're not getting callbacks and it's just boring, you know? I mean, yeah. it's fine, but I'm sure you then I was, I learned a ton. Um, mm-hmm. I learned I didn't want to do it, but once, <laughs> <laughs> once I was backstage, it was just this energy of just movement all the time. And then you get to see part of the show and then you're walking around like running to the box office and I'd walk around the grass so I could see the audience. And there was mm-hmm. just this energy and an excitement and it, you know, brought chills just because there was, it was just completely different and literally just said, this is it. And I became a runner. Now, mind you, a runner is a peon. It's yeah. like, you know, you're there the longest out of anybody. You're the first in last out. It's 20 hour days. You're making 125 bucks a day driving your own car. But doing that, I just kept, you know, it's a different vibe every single day. Cause every different artist came in with a different sort of feel. So you yeah. were like, just, it was cool. Something new every single day. And that's the coolest thing about touring is it's something new every single day. It's a different environment. You just pick up and start over again and pick up and start over again. And you can create that vibe yourself. You can be part of it, be part of making it a good energy, or you could be part of it not being good. And yeah. I got to learn the teams I love to work with. You'd see production teams come in repeatedly with different acts. And then you, okay. then I started becoming rec- like refer, like you should call Angie. She'll be the runner. Come and then the cellar door Live Nation office down in the Carolinas used me for Columbia, Charleston, Ra- you know Raleigh. Sometimes you were the runner. I could choose the shows I wanted to work, so I was very, I was very lucky. So I'd be like, yeah. So Dave Matthews, hey, make sure Angie's there because she knows how we roll. She knows. Oh man, I love yeah. hearing this. What do you think made you stand out on that level? Because I mean, a runner, it's like. I mean, the job on paper is do these things, do them right. So what made you stand out? Common sense. I think it's the common sense. I think it's the ability to do the job and do it right. Do it well. You know, being not the fan. I was never the fan girl. I was just, I just helped. And I I don't know if that's my energy or if I, at that time, I was just, I was never too eager, but I was good at everything. I was just good enough to... I don't know, for people to remember me. I, I don't know. It's yeah. hard because that's like going, oh, I was so good because I just kind of fit. Every, but I also, I know one of my my strong points is I can work with heavy metal and pop and I know how to work with different people and I know how to create myself to be effective with all these different types of energies with different types of tours. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah you can kind of morph depending on it. And, but that's so cool to hear that you did such a good job at running that, you know, did you eventually just get swooped for a tour from there? I did. I did. Who swooped you up? Still my best friend and um, mother to my goddaughter. Florence C was out with Britney Spears and NSYNC at different times. And 
she came by one day. She goes, Hey, do you want to go out on tour? And I said, sure. What am I going to do? She's like, you're going to be this, the second production assistant for NSYNC on their no strings attached tour in 2000. That's a pretty big flex. That's like a pretty like first go, tour, listen, like straight out the, I mean, that's huge. Listen, Jersey girls go hard or go home, you know, <laughs> come on. And then again, you know, you take this person who's never toured yeah, and you just throw them into it and you just pick it up. And that's mm -hmm. a lot of what the job is, is that you just have to ask, know who to ask the questions to know who to, you know, like if you don't understand something, you, you, you got to find the person to ask. So you're not like, duh, why, 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 why don't you know that? You know, you just yeah. kind of just, uh, you know, absorb it all. No, that makes sense. It was great. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you like, what a cool story. Like just what a, you know, it's, there's people who enter the industry through, you know, schooling and work for a vendor and they come in like on a very educated route. And there's the core crew or the people who are kind of like, you know, take your path, which is, I think what we focus on mostly on this podcast. And it's just cool to hear an example of that, even though it was 22 years ago now, which is oh. that crazy to think about for you? <laughs> yeah. 22 yeah, because years. There's production managers and tour managers, Marty Hom, you know, like all Boomer, all these people that to me were like, oh, these guys are the best, like Jake Barry. Yeah. And then you go and work with them and you're like, oh, I really admired you coming through. And, you know, Vid Sutherland, who I've known for 20 some odd, 25 years. Yeah. And now I'm one of those people to the younger kids. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm one. Of, but then I still look at them going, but you're still my mentors, you know? And now, it's just kind of nice to be looked at as one of the older people now and kind of in that stage of wiser, wiser, wiser. That's it. Yeah. Wiser. I'm wiser. What, I mean, do you think like how, like knowing how those people affected you and what it was look, it looked like looking up to them and hopefully how they taught you when you came out on the road, does that affect, I thought I burned this <laughs> in my window. Does that affect um, how you teach other people or what you prioritize when people come to you and ask for help? Yeah. I, yeah, it does. I, I, I live by certain mottos when it comes to my career and how I am with people and that's okay. treat others the way you want to be treated, set a precedence for your team to be a certain way. So you always are remembered as that when you leave, because I'm, I I've seen it happen on tours where somebody in the team is an asshole, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's what they remember. They'll only really remember that. Oh, we don't want to, oh, that that team really sucked, man. Their production manager was an asshole. That's what they remember. So I'm always about thank you, you know, please and thank you because they'll tag us to post or they'll tag us to the other artists. So when they yeah. leave, I want them to say, we want this artist to come back because the crew was great. It'll never, you know, most of the time it's, and I'm only using this as an example, dude, Post Malone show was great because the, you know, but they'll say that because of us, you know? Yeah, so I'm always- the full thing. spectrum. And yeah, yeah. so I'm pretty much that person. I like to know that I would go on tour and I, we would be behind other shows and they'd say, dude, that day sucked, man, that person sucked, you know, but that's what You're they're remembering. The local yeah. security and the local people are remembering those people. So I always try to say, let's always be remembered as one of the greatest crews that have come through, you know, yeah. by being nice and respectful, you know, I think people lose sight of that on tour. Yeah, I mean, you're representing this artist band yeah. or artist career oh, on the backstage yeah. level. And we want to represent ourselves the way the artist represents themselves. So when you do work for somebody like Post, he's the yeah. nicest kid in the world. So why would we want to be different? Like, Why would we not want to you know, be a reflection of him as well? Do you think that it comes like I'm really happy because on my notes, I wrote you say please and thank yous go a long way. Where did this <laughs> and we got there organically. But I was going to say, okay. do you think it comes from the artist? Um, like if the artist is not like post, does that affect the crew in a negative way? It can. Absolutely. Yeah. It can. Depends on how toxic the environment is. Okay. But I choose not to put myself in those toxic environments. You know, if it gets to the point where you start to lose who you are, or you're just like yeah. under this stress, that's your, that's your choice to walk away. And that's when you should, because it will be destructive to you over time. And as a segue into my next question, like how many people are on a tour with post, like just so I can kind of, I haven't done a tour of that size um, personally. Well, it's funny cause it's just one guy on stage and we have yeah. any, you know, 60 on an okay. arena tour. It could be 60 to 70, you know? So let's say like, you know, 59 of the people are good vibes. What do you, how do you correct somebody who's maybe 
not hitting their mark? Like what's, what's that look like? Does that come from you or who does that come from on the tour? Most of the time, if it continues, I mean, you always have to go to your, your department heads to okay. have the discussion. If not go to the production team, if it's a production member and then if not, it's me, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I've, I made changes, you know, we all, it, as a tour manager, it's your job to really sort of streamline everything. And so I made changes at the beginning cause I just wanted, I wanted it to be right. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted the energy to be there and I wanted to, the people in these positions to, to be really good at what they were doing to level him up, to level his tour up, you know? Yeah. I love hearing that. That's, that's a great vibe to have on tour. That's exactly like the don't shit on the bus vibe. Yeah. Don't shit <laughs> on the bus. I haven't sacrificed my entire life to be working around bad people. Yeah. You know, I'm not who I am and I don't get asked to do tours, you know, because I can just deal with shit. You know, they, they want to, they hire me because they want my experience. And that's part of my experience is making sure that, that it's a really good environment for all. You know, you don't want to separate, you know, you don't want to isolate your crew, you know? Yeah. I love that. Thanks. On a, on a like (laughs) zoomed out, like very like zoomed out level. How is touring? I mean, you've toured for, you said started in the year 2000 on the NSYNC tour, right? Mm-hmm. How has touring just the vibe and it, vibe of it in general changed over those past 20 years? Are there any big things that you've noticed have kind of phased in, phased out, value change, anything? You know, I, I've been really lucky to work with very business oriented tours instead of okay. the drugs and rock and roll, you know, that yeah. sex, drugs and rock and roll side. Like I didn't, you know, I haven't maybe there's been one or two where you saw it and you're just like, Oh, whatever. But I've always luckily been on tours where it's a business first and foremost for the artists. It's about making money and about touring and doing it right. So I've been lucky in that sense. So I haven't seen much. I'd see it more of a business now, more and more of a business because this is a very streamlined way for the artist to make a lot of money. Yeah. You know, I've seen, I don't know. I don't, I don't can't say anything major that I've seen change. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I like how you differentiated it as I never knew what to call it. I, you know, I always had that thing in my head that's like, you know, the movies or like whatever, where, you know, sex, drugs and rock and roll is a really good way to group that together. But it's never really been like my personal goal. And it sounds like it doesn't yeah. align with your beliefs or values either. And it's good to know that you can navigate it even as early as the early 2000s and avoid that world. Yeah. I mean, to. I saw it as a runner. I definitely saw it as a runner, but then you're like, oh, don't ever want to work for them. You know, I don't want to work with that kind of crew, you know, or the, you know, what stuck, what stuck out from you from seeing that. And like, you know, sometimes it's nice. You're like, all right, I don't need to experience this. No, I don't want to do it. I can see it. And like, what stuck out to you? They're like, all right, we're not doing that ever. What stuck out? Oh, I think I was, I don't know, but you know, they're, you know, when I was a runner, you'd, you'd see roadies come through that were just misogynistic towards women. Yeah. rude and you kind of the worst the yeah. worst you know i saw some shit happen at the amphitheater that i don't really want to go into detail about yeah. but i was like oh i don't and i hope I, you, I don't need the details i i didn't mean it like i'm not trying to dig yeah. or anything yeah yeah just you know you can kind of tell when you when you meet the production team you can kind of tell the people that they hire and yeah. our production teams have been really good you know well, even on some of great. the hardest tours like instinct was a super super hard tour because it was stadiums Oh, and wow. there was a lot of people and we were doing so many back-to-backs, like, you know, 10 days straight, load in stadium, load in stadium. But the insanity of that tour, because it was so, they were so popular. It's when they hit the record for selling, you know, the most amount of records in a week, our team bonded together. So, well, like we all really took care of each other, you know? So that was a good thing that in that stress and in that intensity that our team just became closer and closer. Cause you had each other. Yeah. That's and great. that, you know, we still talk a lot of us all still are you know really good friends oh that's amazing yeah yeah sometimes the people you go through the the hardest shit with is the the people that you hold closest and yeah what a cool way to start your touring career yeah (laughs) all right so i mean you've done you've done a lot over the years i'm assuming because you're still touring and you're with like you told me like i didn't know um very much about you prior to this but it's my understanding that you currently tour manage post malone and bts is that correct yeah i do post most like full time, but okay. when there's if BTS has come over re- recently and done residencies, well, we say residencies, but four shows in LA, shows. yes, yeah. around award shows and then Vegas. So I would, it's my fourth time, third and fourth time I've been brought in to be a Western tour manager yeah. for, for them. And you basically, there's teams, we have teams that's set up it's completely different than, than Western touring, but it's, yeah, 
it's cool. And I love it. Absolutely. That's love awesome. It. Yeah. Well, I, I'm curious to know like how you, um, and maybe you can talk to it uh, again on a zoomed out level where it's like, this is how I get all my jobs. But specifically, I guess let's talk to post, like how do you acquire a job on the level you're at? Like, is it a job application or is it still word of mouth? Like what, what's your path? At the beginning, it was not applications. It was kind of word of mouth. Like, Hey, so-and-so is looking, do you want me to put you up for it? And then it's getting on the phone and talking to them. Okay. Like an interview kind of, or a vibe check. Yeah. Yeah. And that's usually what it's about. It's like a vibe check. Exactly. Like, you know, you want to hire an assistant you kind of see if she's got the skills or he has the skills and then you see if you vibe with them because you're going to be in an office. But so that was how a lot of the first tours were. It was really Mm -hmm. like, Hey, you should, or being in the right place at the right time or somebody remembering that you're available for work when something comes up. And I've had these random sort of experiences to kind of move me around just meeting somebody or being observed. Harry Sandler hired me to do like an assistant TM gig by watching me um, work the Beacon Theater when the Rolling Stones were filming Shine, Shine a Light, Shine, Shine a Light, the live concert that we did. And he mm-hmm. says, I'm, I've been watching you. And I kind of went, <laughs> oh my God, you're Harry Sandler. Like you're a legend, you know? And he said, I want to hire you. And so that's how I sort of bumped from production to TM work. Okay. Or, you know, I went from production assistant to working with Live Nation Global Touring because I was sitting at a table when we were cross-loading Britney Spears tour when she canceled and somebody called in saying, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to work for Live, you know, Live Nation Global in the office on Madonna tour. And they're like, well, Angie Warner's sitting right here. So you should talk to her. So that's a lot of how jobs happen. But now I think because I've done it so long and I've got a really strong resume that people seek me out because I'm one of the only like not one of the only, cause there's a good group of us, but I'm one of the few names as a female that sticks out to them. Yeah. And I've done such a wide variety of TM jobs between pop rock and hip hop. So you're very versatile, very versatile, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm not one to <laughs> like, you know what, you know what? I'm so good. I'm, I'm so saying versatile. it, not like, you. I'm, yeah. I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, so that's, so I think that's it. And I'll, and that's really it. Like I get a lot of calls saying, Hey, I've, somebody said you're really, you know, great female tour manager, you know, would you be interested? And that's kind of how it comes about now. But post came from, um, Colin Lewis with live nation. He had, was the, the booker from live nation who did the bad boy reunion tour with Diddy mm-hmm. in 2016, which I was a TM for that. And he was like, you need to call this girl. Cause she can, she can run your tour. And so they kept hitting me up. And so I finally went in and interviewed. I didn't actually go, I did interview, but my first thing was like, does he really know that I'm a female and does it, is he okay? Cause I'm half, I'm double his age, you know? And they're yeah, like, yeah. yeah, he's fine with it. They never asked him. So yeah. I just went in and I didn't really want to do hip hop and he's not super, super hip hop. You know, it's like kind of, but I was, they said, come out and watch a show in New York. And I went to the show and, and I hope I'm, I'm not sidetracking, but, um, we can't, it's not possible to sidetrack. Okay. No one, <laughs> I've never, no one ever said, Hey, let us fly you out and see if you like yeah. what you see. Like if you're cool with the environment and everything. And I went out and I was like, Oh, this is so hip hop. Cause the openers were really, really like hip hop specific. And I'm like, I don't want to do this again. And then he got yeah. up on stage and then he starts doing his little dance. I was like, Oh my God, I love this kid. Okay. <laughs> God damn it. You know? So they got, you. They got me. Yeah. yeah I mean, Early on in that, you mentioned that, you know, you're like, all right, does, does post know that I'm a woman and does he know my age for you? Like, is that like a thing that people need to be aware of because it determines whether or not they hire you or like, can you talk more to that? You know, I don't, in one side of the game, I don't like being known as you're the top or you're one of the top female tour managers. I like to be known as one of the top tour managers because You want equality. I I want equality. And I've had to work against and with all these guys coming up when there weren't a lot of females. So I don't want to be separated because I've worked as hard, if not harder than a lot of men that are at the same level, you know, the same or however many years we've been in the business. But yeah, it does make a difference. If it's a guy, I don't want him to come in thinking that I'm going to try to be a mother, you know, like a maternal figure, because that's not my role. I want to be like the big sister. That's just cool that can also put you in your place, you know? So I just, there is a vibe there with a, with a young kid. It kind of, you kind of have to make sure that that's really cool for him. Yeah. A good fit. A good fit. 
And I don't really think that they were, they had any thought about a female or male when they were interviewing. I think it was just who was going to come in with the experience that they thought was going to work for him. Yeah. That's it. But, you know, I'm, I know that artists, somebody with less of a resume or less experience might get hired for a gig just because they're male, because the artist really prefers that. Some, some people don't realize what a female can bring to it as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really just their knowledge. There's no right or wrong. You know, it's, it's what they want to do. It's what management expects. It's what, you know, what the artist feels he's going to be, he or she's going to be okay with. Yeah. You know, so it's, if somebody beats me out for a job, I'm not holding it against them. I'll be like, well, it's not, it was a decision made that day. You know, it's not, they're not comparing resumes. They're just seeing who vibes with who. Or they're flying people out to the show and hope they love the artist so much. They are like, bring me on. I got you with yeah, the, yeah. It was that little dance move. I was, and I always say it. I'm like, you tell them that, that damn. Yeah. I think I have told them that I've definitely told the team. I'm like, yeah, if, I even, if you hadn't brought me out, I probably would have skipped on like, you know, interviewing and talking to you guys. That's what dancing is for, right? Yeah. Dancing is for <laughs> attracting. Like you yeah. got, they, they, they got you to work with them. Yeah. I mean, how long ago was that? Uh, three and a half years. I guess it was December. 2000. Let's see. Subtract COVID. It's six months ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tour management for COVID. <laughs> yeah. So I've worked for him for almost three and a half years, but really it's only been like six months. No. It, yeah. 2018, I think is when I, yeah. Cause it, yeah. That's cool. I don't remember well, then. That was so long ago. <laughs> and I, I'm going to start asking questions more about touring on the level you tour about a okay. tour at. Uh, I will admit that I have done like the largest tours I've done on a bus are like three bus, three or four bus tours. I've never done like an arena, full arena or, or shed or anything. So I want to say, I give you permission to correct me if the questions I even ask are wrong because I okay. want to learn and I'm, you are not going to embarrass me. So just tell me if I'm like, yeah, it's too far from even a question, Adam. But, uh, <laughs> I was wondering, uh, with your role as a tour manager, I know what it looks like in the, in the smaller tours or the tours with a few buses. Um, how does it change as you go from maybe like a 5,000 cat venue to, I don't know what size you're playing with post 20,000 ish, maybe it's sold out arenas. Yeah. How does, how does your role change when you, when you up, like when it scales like that, what does your job become uh, on that bigger level? (laughs) I don't know. I've never done a 5,000 seat arena. No, I'm just joking. That's Um, a flex right there. (laughs) I'm sure you've got friends. I have actually imagine dragon started out at that. When I first started with them, they started at like, you know, partial amphitheaters and then boom, you know, the next thing you know, they're selling out and the biggest thing worldwide that your job as in a smaller tour like that, you're probably more tour manager, tour accounting, and maybe picking up something else. Um, so the bigger you get, the more defined your role is. So I don't have to do accounting. I don't have to do, you know, catering advance or anything. So we just hire people for those positions because the job itself becomes bigger. Yeah you know, your individual roles become bigger. So you can't necessarily combine. That's one difference. What would you say your job, now that we know what it is not, what would you say your job is on that level, I guess? And you can talk specifically to post. It doesn't have to be big picture, whatever works best for you. Stoney's mom. (laughs) Stoney's mom. There we go. go. (laughs) I'm busy. I'm sorry. I can't go to stage. So every artist you work for at that level, your role is going to be different. Um, It's you really, your role is, based around what management wants you to do, what other people aren't doing, what you see a hole, wherever you see a hole. And if you fill that hole, it kind of becomes your role. So um, every, every job can <laughs> Careful be Careful what you solve. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Once solve a, it once. once. A, once a favor, twice a gig, right? Oh God, that's a good saying. It's probably yeah. one I should know and I didn't. So your role can evolve to wherever you see there's help. There's okay. a need for it. So I do all of his travel, all like every aspect of logistics for travel, for work and for personal, uh, do the routing. Well, I don't do the routing, but I take it. And then I go through the whole hotel selection. If he's going to fly private, do that whole, you know, sourcing of planes to make sure I find buses for him. I find, you know, make sure that he's set for every movement that he has. Plus on the other side, I'll do budgets for commercial, you know, any photo shoots, not many photo shoots, but like a video shoot as well well with um, promo stuff that he's doing. If there's budgets needed for that, if if there's a live performance like SNL, I get involved with the budgets for that as well as the logistics for that show. 
Um, I try not to go out to like commercial shoots and all that stuff because I don't want that to become a job, but I'll do the budgets for you. That's fine. Yeah. I can do all that. So I work a lot with a label more so than I have with any other artist, except for Imagine Dragons. I did a lot of that as well. And just okay. because it was like, okay, I got it. Don't worry about it. I'll do it. You know, I was, I'm just that person. I don't mind putting in the hours and doing the work because I'm not, what else am I going to do? You know? Yeah. It's hey. fine. I don't mind. I don't mind working. Yeah. I mean, I at know. the beginning of this podcast, you said you liked the constant, you liked the every, you know, you liked that just go, go, go. And I'm sure yeah. that's the vibe on the road whenever possible. Yeah. 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 So I just, just saw it. I mean, he's very, it's a very, it was a younger, like younger group. So I didn't mind coming in and doing, don't worry, I'll do this because I'm so used to just having that on my plate as it was that I was like, I'll just pick it up. So, and that's been good. Like for some artists, it could become a, a good career thing because, you know, you're almost kind of putting yourself in a position to say, well, this is, here's the list of everything that I do, you know? Yeah. So or you can say, well, if I leave, hopefully they've got somebody to pick all this stuff up, you know? Not, yeah. And I'm not saying that about posts, but you could, you know, you can kind of guarantee work for yourself for a while. The more you do, the more you pick yeah. up, you know, some artists could see it as like, well, let's keep them on after the tour because they're really resourceful and they're good and they get it and they can continue doing all of this stuff for me or, you know, management can say for the artist. Sounds like you kind of consult on a lot of things too, where you're just like, you come in and you see what the issue is, you solve it and you put a system in place. And then uh, it's, it's always interesting to me that people or tour managers on your level. Not only do you handle, like you're very much tour managing post for a living, not just his tours, because you're doing, like you said, private travel and everything like that as well. Yeah. yeah. All the movements, because we have a, a, we have a big security team. And also I've got oh, everything at my fingertips, the travel agent, the plane guy, so it's mm -hmm. just, it's just in the cars. So they, it would all go through me anyway, or else I'd have to let them do it. And then I'd be like, I'll just do it. Yeah. I'll just do it. Don't worry. I'm on the ground. So why not let me do it so I can follow the movements, make sure everybody's where they need to be. You know, it, it just makes more sense anyway. Then when you say on the ground, are you traveling with him? Is that what you mean? Or are you saying you're at the venue? I or always, if we're flying, I'll fly a day ahead. Okay. But I always like to be on the ground when he's like, if, so we're going to a festival. We've kind of gotten him into a rhythm of flying in the day of the show. So I go the day before and okay. then I won't fly until he's already in the air or at least on the ground at home, depending on where we are. Then that okay. way, someone's there to navigate any issues that could go awry while he's in the air. You know, that makes the delay, sense. cars not being there, something, you know. Attention to detail. I, I feel like, I mean... I feel like everything you learned value-wise early on being a runner and just the attention to detail transferred so much through your whole career. And it's still yeah. all those little things. And that's something when, when I do engagement, speaking engagements or a podcast and people ask me, how do I get a job? I just came out of college. And I was like, start at the bottom, yeah. start at the bottom. That's how, that's the only way you're going to learn everybody's role because you need to know when you make a decision or the artist makes a decision how that changes everybody else in the camp. So if you can't tell me how the dominoes fall, then you're not ready for this job. And so I think yeah. that's what's made me and others good tour managers is if we did start at the bottom, you know, going through all the different positions, not, I haven't done every position I've done a lot, but I kind of know how all the cards fall when, when something happens and I know how to, and I know what your role is, you know? I think that's a great way to put it because I'm sure we've all been in the room where an artist makes a decision that is impossible to fall through with because of how it affects all these other working people. And it's so nice hearing, like you put so many things in words that I think about and it's just so nice hearing it come from you that it's so important to know what the hell everybody's doing so you yeah. can know what, how to do everything. Yeah. It would be impossible otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like even I get a call about something that pops up last minute, I'll go silent. And they'll go, what's wrong? And I'd be like, I'm just trying, I, in my head, I start going, who, who needs to be called to see if they're available? What day do we yeah. have to fly? What do I need to, that's how my brain will start starts to work. Ticking. Like, starts ticking. And yeah. I'll be like, yeah. okay, don't worry about it. I'll start on it. You know? And then you're just like, okay, just go. And then that's it. So people would be like, are you mad that we added that? I'm like, no, I'm just literally, my mind is processing. This is not an emotional journey for me. <laughs> this is very transactional. No. I will make yes. this happen. I will, we will make it, we will make it happen. Oh man, I love it. I would like to, that'd be really fun just to, I, I, I tour managers, production managers, like put me in their office for a day and I'll try not to get stressed out. Like it's Wait. just impressive. 
Yeah, Hella. come hang out, especially yeah. at an LA show. You want to see the good? You want to see the jersey come out? Come on out to a LA or New York show. <laughs> As soon, you know your accent just came out for just that sentence, right? Yes, <laughs> I think I heard it. <laughs> well, uh, here's, all right. well, I was born in the South. So as my, as, oh, where at? So I was born in Augusta, Georgia. And okay. so as a runner, this is a funny story. I was driving the B-52s and Kate was the one with the red hair. Mm-hmm. And she said she was born in the South and raised in New Jersey as well. And I was like, oh yeah, me too. She goes, born in, born a Southerner and raised a Jersey bitch. And I was like, I'm stealing that, <laughs> stealing it. <laughs> End quote. That's amazing. That's it. Stolen. And I've been using that ever since. I was like, that, that's, you get the best of both worlds. Yeah, so. that is great. All right. I did a little bit of research. This is a hard segue, but coffee, can you ever have too much? Yes. <laughs> when have <laughs> you, you had have... too much and why? What, what happened? Oh, I know you like coffee, right? Is that, is that I do research correctly? I, yeah, I listen, I'm good with 7-Eleven coffee, but I like okay. coffee. I, I'm one of the, yes, I don't, ha- I don't do pour overs. I'm not that bougie. <laughs> I use a Keurig at home because it's just me and I don't like the second cup in a pot of coffee. Yeah. So I like it to be made that one cup fresh. So I'll use Keurig. Yes, I know it's a waste and I've tried to make my own pods and it just doesn't work. But I go to bed dreaming about coffee in the morning. Like I literally go to bed. Like if I go to bed now, I can get up. Like I'll be up sooner for coffee. Like oh, I'll wow. have that coffee sooner. And the dog does the dog isn't luckily not an early riser. So I get up, I grab the toothbrush and brush my teeth and I'll go stay there. And I go start the coffee, rinse out my mouth. And then I'll be like, okay, let's get up. So he knows until yeah, I he's start part the, of the routine. <laughs> yeah. He's part of the routine. Like that's, oh that's the morning. So on tour, when you wake up in the morning, fresh coffee on the bus, like I want to know your morning routine on tour is the same on, on a bus. It's yeah. literally get up on the bus. Oh, so you're like a back to back. So if I'm waking up at the venue, Oh, oh, if I, I wake guess. up at the venue, I'm on the bus and I'm having a, yeah. like a cup of coffee, like here, because every bus usually has a Keurigs having Keurig yeah. before I even get off. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then I'm sort of awake. And your dog's on tour with you, too. Right. So it's the same vibe. He hasn't done the tour bus yet. Oh, wow. So we got, just we got outs? him just fly outs. We've got him. I asked post for a dog on tour. But we, you know, when OK, some tours to break up the monotony or to kind of, you know, get some cohesiveness going with the crew. They'll yeah, have yeah. Puppy, puppies come out from like the local shelter. And so I was sending him pictures of this one day we had puppies in the office, in the production office. And I'm like, can we get a dog? Yeah. And he's like, yes, get one of those. I'm like, we can't have one of these because I'm highly <laughs> allergic to dogs and I'm sure I'm not the only one. So it would need yeah. to be a bougie hypoallergenic dog. And yeah. um, he said, sure. And then like a few weeks later, we were in Kansas city and the promoter rep there has a golden retriever named Bowie. And I brought Bowie into the office. He's like, Oh, you got a dog. And I was like, no, this is the promoters, but can we really get one? (laughs) And he said, yeah. So I found, a. this is a, I'm going to sidebar here. I hope you're cool with the story. This is how cool the story is. Anything you want to talk about? Like that's all that I'm here for. I love this story. So this was in like January. We were in Kansas city the day that, you know, the day after the day of the Super Bowl parade and like Patrick Mahomes comes out and Bowie, the dog is there. So I start looking online for breeders for mini golden doodles, mainly because the size had to be this big. I'm literally going 15 inches or whatever, 20, 25 pounds. Perfect. That's what I wanted. I wanted something of that size. So I started looking for breeders and because Valentine's day was coming up, all the puppies that anybody had were already taken, like we're already, you know, written off our, you know, (laughs) deposits, whatever puppy season, (laughs) puppy season. So I was looking for breeders wherever we had a day off. And so Columbia, South Carolina, mind you, I, Charlotte, I used to hang out with Hootie and all those guys at the beginning, because we were all friends, you know, it's Southeast yeah, yeah. and used to go to Columbia a lot. I'm like, oh, look, there's a breeder in Rock Hill, South Carolina. This is cool. I send my generic email. I'm looking for a puppy, you know, be coming through. I'd love if you have one. I'd love to come see the dogs, whatever. And I hit send, but I caught the name of it because you click on like Hershey's dogs and you don't, yeah. you just, the email pops up and it said Hank Futch. And I was like, hold on a second. Hank Futch, I know a Hank Futch that was the bass player in the Blue Dogs, which is a band out of Charleston, who I actually met 
through the hoodie guys. And it turns out to be the same one. And he goes, that's crazy. Yeah. He goes, we literally, <laughs> your network emailed, is huge. My network was, <laughs> this is, and this is a proof of like just knowing people. Yeah. And he, I said, and I replied, I'm like, hold on. If this is Hank Fush from the blue dogs and you have puppies, I need to have one of those goddamn dogs. Like, I don't remember how I said the email next day. I get an email. Yes, it's me. We just found out our dog is pregnant. And if you want one, you can have one. And I was like, yes. So that's why he's stony. Stony is post first record and blue from the blue dogs. Man, I love like when things have a whole deeper meaning. It's like this whole, it's, and we are, you know, and it's Columbia. It just had this full circle moment. And I was like, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Yeah, that's great. And then COVID hit and then the dog was born. I was like, I guess I'm getting a dog. So I oh yeah, because you had to take it in. Then obviously it's not yeah. like it can not just like stay on tour. Tour, yeah, <laughs> it was gonna just be the tour dog. I knew I would end up being, being responsible for it, but I didn't realize I'd be like full on, like having to train the dog on my own. And puppy training is not easy. But we got. Have you done it. that before? Or is this your first no, dog? No, this is the first time I've ever had wow. to train a puppy. <laughs> Well, I can't wait to meet this puppy or go look on. I think I saw it on your like Instagram profile. Oh, he has I gotta an check Instagram. it out. Stony Blue the Dude, D O O D. Yeah. There we're we trying go. to increase his followers so I can start making money off of him and have a retirement plan. Oh, for okay. Coming okay. off the road. You know, that's my goal. Have you hung out with Nashville natives or Nashville local Doug the Pug yet? Uh, no, but I want to trump him somehow i don't think oh, i could okay. ever do it but no but i know he's here Doug the yeah Pug. get the mike finn the- intro right there that's 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 one that's one one ask away yeah they should they should they should meet those two yeah that'd be <laughs> awesome yeah. but he's but he's you know because of covid it probably was besides moving and buying a house and doing all that like getting the dog was the best thing i could have had because it got me out it got me meeting people at the dog park oh, during yeah. covid and he really was like the He's just a blessing. And he's he's a good dog. Was COVID pretty rough for you after? I mean, you, you've really been touring the majority of your life. Like, uh, was yeah. that a pretty, like, was that weird? You know, yeah, it was weird. But I had closed on my house 10 days after the pandemic started. So I was like, great, I can be home for a couple of months if this is what's Perfect. happening. And yeah, move <laughs> cross country. There was no traffic. It was beautiful weather. My friends were free to drive the truck, you know, so I got here and then, you know, could set up house. And now all of a sudden I don't want to go. Where, where were you? Where were you before this? LA. I was in LA for okay. like 17 years in the end. Okay. San Diego for a bit. Oh, really? I was where in SD? Uh, North Park. Oh, North Park and Ocean Beach. Are you in oh, North okay. Park? Yeah, I was North okay. Park Hillcrest. I was right on the border. I was on Georgia's, the bridge, the Georgia Street Bridge. Oh, I was, I was down near the Starbucks and the Walgreens. You know that area okay, that's yeah. towards yeah, right by the, the 805. 805. Yeah. I was yeah, right yeah. behind the Starbucks. Wow. Yeah. When did you live there? So oh. I just got to know if we were neighbors at all. I moved there in 2000. Well, I Ocean Beach at first in like 2002 for okay. a few years and then went to LA and then came back to San Diego to North Park. And that was around 2007. Ah, uh, we might. I don't know how long you were there for, but I moved to that area in 2000 nine i think i'm from wisconsin so i moved okay. there when i was like 20 yeah it was 19. great i i bought a condo though right before the market crashed so i kind oh, wow. of got shit on but i liked i love san diego it's beautiful but it wasn't for a single female who was never home because it's family college military you know that is accurate yeah it was hard to kind of maintain a, a new group of friends uh, whereas la everybody tours but how nice is that san diego airport <laughs> amazing how nice is nashville airport seven minutes that, door to door it's oh, better than that's great it's better than living in the valley and going to burbank oh man can't <laughs> that's exactly where i'm at right now i've never oh. i've never i've been touring as much lately especially since covid but yeah going to lax i'm like this is a disaster <laughs> it's a it's a disaster i would rather connect and fly to burbank than fly to lax yeah yeah that is fair but i'll take nashville airport there's a direct to london it's back on the system now in nashville and from nashville yeah Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, British Airways. Gave, yeah, they had one of those to SD too that was a lifesaver, direct. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, we found some <laughs> tangents to go on. I hope our listeners are enjoying all these little random facts. Let's see what questions I can sneak in here before we finish okay. this up. I was wondering, I know you said that touring with, excuse me, 
working on BTS's residencies was different than working with Post, which is pretty obvious just based on the fact that there's seven people in that group. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I wanted to know is between both these artists, I feel like the thing they have in common is they're both very famous. They're very big. And with bigger (laughs) shows comes higher security. Yeah. Are there things that exist on these levels of tours security wise that don't exist on other tours? And I guess the, the, the line I'm kind of thinking across or thinking down is like, are your laminates scannable? Or is there anything that like gets, gets a little bit more tweaked or is it just more security? Um, well for post, you have more personal security because of he, you can't hide him with the tattoos and he's very tall. So you have bigger guys around him so that that changes with the amount of people that we have. Gotcha. Venue security, you're, I mean, the venue security doesn't change as much. You really do have to go tour to tour and tweak what wasn't working on the last tour to make it work this tour and mm-hmm. get his input, you know, get the artist input as to what what he wants and who gets what passes. Um, the moment we do find passes on social media, we Everything's will remade. instantly change them because it's so easy for a fan to find it, print it, make a sticker, you know, make a fake sticker or make a fake laminate. And then if that gets backstage, then you have to go back through the venue security. How did they get back here? How did you not tell? But sometimes they make, you saw the video of the Kanye, the guy that got all the way into the Kanye thing at the forum or Staples center with a, with a fake pass. It's it's that easy. So you, you know, we, we try not to, um, well, we, we always hope that it doesn't happen, but you know, we also try to make something that's double-sided. So security has to flip it they can flip it so that's usually the hard ones to recreate are the double-sided but everything increases with the popularity of the artist the amount of people you use um and then the levels of security as in like your levels of laminates and passes yeah but um with bts it's just different because you do have the seven boys so we have a team of korean security and then we have interpreters and we did at first have Western tour manager, Western security guys that also went ahead and advanced the arrivals. But since they were stationary in one city, we didn't need to have Western security with us at the hotel. So the Korean team, we had, you know, we locked down the floors with security, with hotel security, which were basically three 24 hour shifts, three guys, 24 hour shifts, you know, and all That's the crazy. different entrances because the, yeah. for that, the K-pop stuff, the fans are a different lo- level. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, you're not going to see that like with Post, but with BTS. I mean, you might with Post, but I mean, it's just prevalent with with K-pop. And the fans are, uh, uh, they're literally at a different level. So you, we have the 24-hour around-the-clock security because the girls or fans, if they find out where they are, will literally get into the stairwells and try to get up on the floors. or you know, if your elevators aren't locked by the keys, like let's just say you get into an elevator and yeah, hit the different number. Yeah. Hit the different number. Or you have the car key card with like 10th floor and that's where the boys are. And somebody gets off the elevator with you. Like I can't push them back. I can't physically do anything. I can say, sorry, you're not supposed to be on this floor, but if they get past me or somebody else, then mm-hmm. the security there has to remove them because it's obvious they're not supposed to be there. So we do we do certain things with our keys that um, signify that I'm allowed to be there, basically. Yeah. But if they, you know, but they'll find any way they can to get as close to those boys. It's. I mean, you've got millions of people with the same goal. All it takes is one person to get lucky. You know. Person. Yeah. And I think I think before, like when they first started, and when they went big. I think there were girls that were sneaking or even housekeepers that were sneaking or getting stuff from the garbage cans out of their rooms and maybe selling it. I mean, they, that's the level of fandom that they have. Yeah. They will do anything and everything to get a piece of those boys. So we, we go completely locked down. That's wild. Yeah. Yep. But it has to happen. You yeah. Know? I just love, I love hearing about the stuff I'm, you know, I'm able to hear about mm-hmm. because it's so interesting to me. I mean, there's no way to, I, I don't imagine I'll live it in this lifetime or at all in the near future. So it's very interesting to me, like how just the size of an artist affects the life. And especially yeah. when you have seven, it's different. Even if Post was that big and had the exact same fans, you got seven people you have to look after. You That's a lot people. of people to keep track of. But the good thing is, is it's, it's when they're all together that they're noticeable. 
they can go out sometimes by themselves and have mm-hmm. one security and but but people are looking for the seven boys so mm. it, it takes a little bit for them to get recognized and usually by then they're in and out of what they want travel and buddy buddy system yeah. that's it buddy you guys system. are not allowed yeah. to no it's not seven of you it's like a tv show yeah. it's like when our powers combined it's amazing we make. <laughs> i mean yeah, i'm i know i'm on all the chats like we have whatsapp chats and uh, i'm only thing i'm not on is cacao which is their uh, yeah. korean whatsapp and i i not that it i could be on it i would just be looking at pictures of their little their yeah. you know script but you don't speak korean <laughs> i know stony's stony's commands are in korean some of them oh really yeah that's cool but uh but the whatsapp chats are amazing because when they have a day off and they're moving all you see are movements you know our the amount of transportation that we have for them is insane and you'll see so-and-so coming down here's where he's going oh he's coming back okay now this one's going you know movement in three minutes another one we we have names and um, numbers for them but you know so-and-so now so-and-so is coming down and when you come back you're going to be taking so-and-so here and it's they're like bing 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 all around so i can't keep up with that i'm picturing but, like a gps map with yeah, little exactly. pings just going off and you're yeah. just like do do like sonar yeah That's cool. so you know they have like these stuffed animals and each stuffed animal color like they're all different looking but they're all different colors there's seven colors every color signifies one of the guys and it's just a line of merch that they sell too I all that's all I see is a GPS map with those little stuffed animal creatures like <laughs> floating around, you know, in Vegas and stuff. But, but what it's a life. Cool. I know. I I love that aspect of it mainly because it's a team from the Korean side and then my team. I put together a team and it's we work together as a team yeah. and we all just become really good friends. And um the learning curve of learning how the Koreans work is gone, you know. So I'm kind of intertwined in their 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 day-to-day now when we're together and this head of security took them like three tours for him to like, you know, pay me, pay me the respect that you usually don't get. But then he realized I was older than him. So now he <laughs> like, I get the little bow and now I get this. So oh, it's you get kinda, a, what is that I called? Get a salute. You get a salute? What? I get a salute from him. Yeah. It's a wow. joke now, but it's, you can live in San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> but now that we've done so many tours together, it just makes it easier. So everyone's a lot more relaxed. Yeah. So like, okay, she gets us. She knows how they work. You know, they're, I don't talk to the boys. I've had yeah. very few conversations and the conversations I have had with them have been through a translator or, and mo- mainly because of the dog. Cause they are yeah. like, Stony, 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 you know? But, yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I Man. don't think they, I always say they don't even know my name, but they, somebody joked, the translator goes, no, you're called the problem solver. <laughs> I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. But I, That's I just a good love name. That. Yeah, I'll take it. But the hoopla and the, the fandom and the energy in the stadium when they are performing, even before they perform is that feeling is that feeling you get, you know, when you're just like, this is amazing that you have 53,000 girl kids. I should, I shouldn't say girls, but fans, women, yeah. grandparents, parents, boys, men, you know, every, everybody's represented there and everybody has created this sense of caring for each other. So they listen to security when they're told to get back into the rows. They're respectful. They, you know, it's just a, a vibe that they've put out online with social media is to be, be nice to each other, love one another. So, you yeah. know, every fan is translates, translate, it translates down. And so you're seeing them, they play 30 minutes of their own videos before they even come out on stage and all the girls are singing every word and they've got their glow sticks. It's I'm sorry, the fans singing all the words, their glow sticks are going and they're engaged from the moment they walk into the, to the stadium. It's so cool. That is awesome. It's something you'll never see with an, with a, a, a Western artist. You only see it with K-pop. I'm glad you get to experience that and that you still get that feeling that I'm mm-hmm. sure isn't the same feeling, but it's a similar feeling to, you know, your first time being backstage and seeing how everything works. And it's just nice to know that like that magic is there because yeah. I feel like that's why a lot of us are addicted to this industry. Yeah. Because it's just, I, it's very yeah. magical. I always say I'll, I'll, I know it's time to retire when I don't get that feeling. I could have a shitty day, like a busy, yeah. like even an LA show. Ticketing yeah. is stupid, but the moment he goes out on stage or, you know, the boys go out on stage, that feeling, if I lose that feeling, I know that I need to stop, you know, yeah. 
I don't want to be that person out on tour that's just miserable because it's the only job that they can do. And and it's not what you stand for. It. Not what that I will go for. against pretty much everything we've talked about. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Everything. <laughs> Gotta keep it fresh. Everything. I know. So, but yeah, I love it. I'm lucky that I'm I'm lucky that I've made a career out of it and you know, have made a life out of it and have made it 22 years. Minus yes, two. Congrats. Making it through COVID counts. You know, yeah. you get it, you minus the two if you end before COVID, but if you pick up after COVID, you get to add the two. Yeah. 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 <laughs> 22 then. Yeah. <laughs> go. Proud. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time here today and everything you Thank share. You. It's a very, this was a very inspiring conversation to me because you are, in my opinion, a lot of people's goals, at least mine is to, you know, I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to enjoy what I do. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, not the sex, drugs, and rock and roll vibe on tour, just like the family work hard, business first. We're here to put on a good show for the fans and make some money. Like, I love everything about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is good. I've been very, I, I always, I, I don't like to say this, I've been very blessed with it. Yep. But I think, you know, I've also was, I am who I am. And I, I'm, I'm lucky and happy that that's what transcends into continuous work in this business. Yeah. That and, is great. Yep. So if I ever, yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky. Well, last question that you ask everybody, shower shoes or no shower shoes? Oh, shower shoes. <laughs> Hell, well, shower shoes. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Adidas slides, you know, the Adidas ones Yeah. or hashtag Havanias. Yeah. Hashtag, well, yeah. Hashtag sponsor <laughs> or the Havanias. Like, absolutely. I've seen some really disgusting. Yeah. And you know, the funniest thing though, is most of the shoes, you know, no, no, the, the flip-flops, Okay. the Brazilian brand flip-flops haven't, haven't, some people say Havanias, Havanias. Okay. Flip-flops, just regular flip-flops. Yeah. I got you. Most people forget the arenas are not built for concerts. They're built for basketball teams. So (laughs) I'm five, two. So when you get in the showers and the the shower head is like really high up on the wall. That's what you we have a encounter. little stool. One of those stools stool. that flaps yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, but you know, that's when you find out where the, what do you call them? The umpires or the, whatever you call them, those people, the officials, yeah. officials yeah. rooms. That's where, that's what you want as your office because there's always a shower in the officials room. Oh, you get your own personal shower. You're going to get your own personal. That's a hot tip right here. That's like a yeah. pretty pro tip. Like even other tour managers might not know that if they're just starting yeah. in the big venues. Exactly. You want you want an, a room with the private office, like the wives lounge. Sometimes they have them, but the officials rooms always have a shower. Oh man. All right. Yeah. Good to know. I'm requesting it. If I ever get a, I need the officials room uh, yeah. photographer. That's a photographer <laughs> with the ego. <laughs> I love All it. All right. Well, cool. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, I appreciate you coming on here. And I look forward to hopefully meeting you and your dog sometime in real life. Same, same. I hope <laughs> to meet you too. And I'm glad Mike Finn and Tofu introduced us oh, via yes. text. It was great. Hell yeah. That was great. Yeah. All right. And again, then I'm on a roll. Do not shit on the bus. Do not shit on the, can shit you, on the can, bus. Are, even on your guys' levels, are those bus shittable? No, yeah. Well, star buses, you can. You can get grinders. So most okay. star buses that are built that have the bedrooms in the back, yeah. most of them have their, you know, the bathroom in the back has a grinder and you can shit on the bus, but not on a crew bus. You'll never have a grinder. Why would they put yeah. that in there? Yeah. And yeah. It's so just inviting trouble. That's too. <laughs> the thing is, is, on a star bus, you've got one person doing that. On a crew yeah. bus, you would have, you have way more than one person more. Doing, oh, doing that. Horrible. All and right. some people have done it, but you know, that's, that's a they cost. They don't tour anymore. They don't tour anymore. <laughs> that's awesome. Right. Thank you. I think I'm going for some weekly check-ins at the end of these podcasts, just for, you know, our listeners who listen every week and they want to, I don't know, a little something extra because I do like the fact that I kind of get to talk with you. But when I have a guest on, obviously I'm talking with you through them. So it's a little different, but we've got a celebration in order because our boy Connor is currently on his first tour. Round of applause for Connor. 
That is amazing. I think, Connor, I think you've been working nonstop. I know you worked in music before we met. I know you shot concerts. I know you knew how to use a camera. But I will say I've been working with you for the better half of two-ish years, maybe a little bit longer. We started on COVID doing Twitch streams. Connor was just this like, still is, but very excited person in Twitch chat. Then he moved to LA. Then he started working for everybody in LA. He's the best assistant in LA. knows everyone. Now he's on the road. So if you're looking for work in LA, I'm sure Connor has about 15 jobs a day he cannot take. But anyway, if you uh, wanna go see him, I'll leave it up to him to post where he's at and what he's doing. Check out his Instagram, the real Connor Gasky. Hit him up. Connor, can you please post your dates on the Discord? People want real life meetups with you, man. Tell them where you're gonna be. If you need an assistant, got people. Come come show them the venue for the day. Like, come on, man. Let's go. All right. All right, Connor. Have a good time on tour. I look forward to seeing you when you get home. Hopefully, don't tour for like 10 years so we can hang out again.